0: Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bo, and myself continue our discussion on the Eighth Commandment and what it prohibits.
1: Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham.
0: And Pastor Brian Rickey.
2: Wow,
1: there we go. All right, we did a... It's like an old friend. Yeah, like an old (laughs) coat,
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or an old comfortable sweater. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Right. So, we have been uh, spending the last couple episodes talking about the Eighth Commandment. And, wow, I can't believe we're almost uh, getting well, we're getting closer to being done with the commandments. We're never done with them, but...
2: We can ignore uh, them after this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just
1: put them on the shelf and have dust on them and so on. But, no, we are walking through, and is our, as is our custom, uh, we have an episode or two just teaching, general, generic teaching on each commandment. And now it's time to get into the scriptures and look at how this commandment is discussed or how it's played out uh, in God's word.
2: Now, one of the purposes of this podcast from the very start is to demonstrate how Lutheran theology, especially theology uh, declared in the Lutheran confessions, is doctrine that's lifted directly out of scripture. Uh, to both address that accusation, Mm -hmm. but for the purposes of comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, as Lutherans, we believe that we're correct in interpreting the scripture in this specific way. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why we all believe that is because we think that uh, the Lutheran doctrine most accurately communicates the scriptures and does it in a way that brings comfort to conscience. And even when it talks about breaking the commandments, is that the, the doctrine communicated in scripture Talks about sin in such a way that drives us to the place where we will be forgiven, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, at the mercy of God uh, because of Christ on the cross in our place. And so we want to talk about the sin of bearing false witness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and today we are looking at James three, and Brian accurately corrected us last. or Was that two episodes ago? Two episodes, two episodes yeah. ago, we had mentioned James two, but we're going to look at James three here. And uh, I think I'll just go ahead and read the passage, and we can go from there. James 3, 1 through 12. Here it is, God's Word. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Amen. (laughs) Some strong words there from James.
0: Yes, it's convicting, isn't
2: it? Oh, mm-hmm. It's it's always nerve wracking when you, as a pastor, are teaching on a passage that is aiming directly at right. your heart and your mind and your conscience. And, you know, granted, that should be anything with yeah. the law. But uh, <laughs> when a passage starts out with not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, you're like, okay. all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, at the
0: same time, the thing that uh, it might older age now, as I turned 50, I, it is a privilege, you know, to be taught those things. It is a privilege to have the ability in God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to become submissive again by his power to the things of scripture and to allow humility to be birthed in your heart. It is a privilege because we are free in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. We are bond servants as Paul talks about over and over and over again, because we love our Lord and Master jesus mm-hmm. christ
1: yeah and so here we are as teachers you know on this podcast hopefully we're teaching i, I know we're teaching yeah. but teaching what is
2: in accord with sound doctrine
1: and we're seeking to do that and yeah. hope we are and um wherever we're not we need to repent and and to confess that to god but that shouldn't stop us from teaching shouldn't stop us from using our tongues and as even as I read this passage here today, um, I just it would be funny to go into a mirror and just look at my tongue and just my physical yeah. tongue and be like, "Oh, this little piece of flesh is what causes all this crazy bad stuff that's one, listed one in here." One little
2: useless muscle. Yeah, right. You know, it, it, but the all of the analogies. That James uses here really drive home the point. Mm -hmm. It's a tiny little bar of metal we put into the mouth of a horse and suddenly Mm the horse goes exactly where you want it to go. Yep. Uh, the, with
0: a little bit of training. With a little bit of training. <laughs>
2: uh, the ship with yep. a little bit of construction and yeah. training on the pilot is driven by a small piece of wood, which is what yeah. they're referring to. Or
1: There's a lot of great vivid imagery oh, in,
2: in this passage. Yeah. It's really hard not to see what the point is. Mm-hmm. But, but then to, to to make the application is really an intimidating thing because I wonder... Mm-hmm. What percentage of all of the conflicts out there mm-hmm. you know, throughout human history have been set ablaze mm-hmm. by inflammatory speech, mm-hmm. by the tongue, by pridefulness?
1: By pressing that enter key on a, yeah, a exactly. tweet. There you Sending go. the email or the tweet yeah, or the
2: Facebook right. status update or the text message accusing you know mm-hmm. this person of that it's it's all there this is all communication mm-hmm. and you know it's a stunning thing that James writes in verse 2 we all stumble in many ways which we've covered you know now through eight commandments but if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a perfect man and there it is is that the speech the thoughts are corrupt. And we, we touched on it last episode. It's what comes from inside of us Mm -hmm. that bubbles up to the surface is Mm -hmm. what defiles us. It's it's revealing our sinful nature. It's revealing this taint on on everything we try to say and do.
0: Mm -hmm. No words are so powerful. They're, you know, I tell my kids words are like a hammer. You can either build something or you can tear something down Mm -hmm. and you have to consciously walk, uh, According to to God's word and the love of Christ Jesus flowing in and through us to try as best you can in the power of God's grace. I know I say that a lot, but I don't want to ascribe any effort of my own. I want to give all the glory to God and, and his righteousness that he gives and, and ascribes to us and places within us that causes us to grow in these things. But using our words to build and edify, as you talked about Mm -hmm. last podcast, to build and construct something that is like a load-bearing wall or a Mm -hmm. trust that bears a burden uh, and to so fulfill the law of Christ Mm -hmm. is so, I believe, crucial, especially in today's society as we continue to preach the saving gospel with words. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. in in our lives, and that right. doesn 't mean just just from the pulpit, but just in our everyday lives so mm-hmm. well, and,
2: and to build on your little analogy, you said words are like a hammer and, and, and the thing is is once you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and, <laughs> you know, and so you you feel compelled to say something about something always we we you know training ourselves to be silent if we can 't be mm-hmm. you know encouraging or edifying. Is a real thing, and I, you know with this, again with the the preponderance of mm-hmm. opinions in the public sphere now because of Twitter and Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram and all of these places, we feel compelled to spout our opinion or or share our experience mm-hmm. uh, and and we feel that because we're able to it's our right and responsibility to be doing so,
0: whereas in some cases silence. You know, like Job's friends were really his friends when they kind of kept their mouth shut, you know? When
2: when they sat and wept with him
0: in sackcloth
2: and ashes, exactly. that's the best thing they did, and everything went downhill from there.
0: As soon as they opened their mouth, that's when it started going downhill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: and the I I'm just I'm still I can't get over the fire imagery here wow. in this text and um yeah, thinking of verse 5, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Mm-hmm. And thinking of Job's friends when they started to speak and they they were setting fires all over the place. You know metaphorically speaking, but. exactly
0: you know they're confusing principles with promises and and that was just totally twisting mm-hmm. god 's word and applying it in a hurtful way, really i'm mean, quite frankly, so it didn't help the situation in any way, shape, or form, and I think that we do that as believers in Christ Jesus so much is that we want these trite little formulaic answers to to situations that just can 't have those it it isn't mm-hmm. possible when when bad things happen to good people. I think some of the best times, that's the best time to be quiet and hug that person, put your hand on their shoulder and to just give a a loving presence and walk with that person through that grief versus try to give some formulaic trite answer to it. Mm -hmm. Well, and we
2: tend to want to be fixers uh, instead of listeners and uh, Mm -hmm. instead of empathizers or sympathizers in, in situations like this. But I wonder how much part of this especially you bring up the co- context of suffering is this you know idea in culture and especially in the church that suffering is to be avoided mm-hmm. at all costs. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's not endorsing that we should seek out suffering but uh we are so often spending time searching for God's purpose in our suffering that we forget about his presence with us in suffering and and enabling us to and again, this is something that, that seems like an empty statement, but I think it's a real thing to suffer well. Well, isn't that it you, what Christ you know.
0: was saying? Is as someone strikes you on the cheek, give him the other cheek as well. I mean, really, isn't that the mm-hmm. context of that? Is that if someone slanders you or brings that thing, and you gave a great example of a, of a pastor uh, standing at the end and greeting people as they were leaving, and somebody laying into them, and and that pastor being silent, mm-hmm. you know, and that was really an incredibly wise thing to do. Instead of try to defend that person, but our our reaction is to defend ourselves, and it's either based on our insecurity, based on our sin, based on our pride, or whatever. When in a lot of times, it's just better to be silent, and to be gracious.
2: And and I think too about putting in proper perspective about who you should vocalize things to. Mm-hmm. And two examples from Scripture pop up, and we're considering the tongue, considering the Eighth Commandment, Psalm thirteen is one of them where if we're suffering, uh, even at the hands of a known quantity, like a friend or an acquaintance, a coworker, a neighbor, someone has caused us harm and we're suffering. Uh, the, the words of Psalm 13 is, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Uh, and, and it goes on, but the end is a confession of faith, is I will call upon the Lord, mm-hmm. for he has been good to me. Yeah. And, and directing our words of response Back to God in prayer, even a prayer of anguish or of questioning, mm-hmm. or a prayer of hopelessness. But our words going to God rather than exacerbating an already bad situation will mm-hmm. only be beneficial for our faith. Uh, I, I think that's one of the, the ways we can go is, is to think about Psalm 13 or about the book of Habakkuk. Uh, the Book of Habakkuk, the whole theme is Habakkuk saying, "How could you God, use these godless Babylonians to carry away your nation and your children and what Habakkuk does is he prays, and God answers him mm-hmm. God you know in this case supernaturally because he 's a prophet but the, but the principle is there." Where I think so often when I'm attacked, when, mm-hmm. when I'm besmirched, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. how, however you, you want to do it, whether it's a, a caricature of, of something that's not a big deal or, well, it's actually a big deal, my response is always to lash out, mm-hmm. is to protect myself, the, the rattlesnake response. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think
0: everybody's response is to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't think any of us are void of that. I mean, some people are maybe more um, controlled, maybe based upon their personality or their maturity in Christ Jesus. Are their willingness to be submissive in the power of God's grace to God, but man? I think all of us are that way.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. And you know, and, and thinking about the the eighth commandment, right, what we're you know coming back to what, how we got into this discussion, how how does that eighth commandment, how is that fleshed out in this passage here for us?
2: Well, and one of the things is that we're considering our tongue for our neighbor. And so again, using your tongue for good and not evil Mm -hmm. immediately starts to douse that fire. Uh, Looking not inwardly, but externally at how you can build up your neighbor, how you can assist your neighbor. And then looking to, again, be quick to listen, but, but slow to react, slow Mm -hmm. to judge. And and this sort of thing helps in, in doing so as a Christian, adopting the attitude of Christ, uh, it's he, you know, we don't always like talking about it, but as he was an example to us in his suffering, you know, we Mm -hmm. have the passage in Isaiah 53 as a sheep led to its shearers was silent. So he not, he, so not he opened his mouth or however that goes, Mm -hmm. uh, is when we are attacked, let's not lash back out. Let's mm-hmm. let's figure out how best to handle the situation in order to bring glory to God. Sometimes uh, that's justice must be served. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's in humility, let's let that go. When our neighbor is attacked, let's go out of our way to build them up. Let's seek out their good fortune. Let's... Uh, build them up. If our neighbor is annoying us, let's ignore that subjectivity for the purpose of bettering the relationship. And, uh, you know, we're, we're to be reconcilers and we're to be edifiers. We're to Mm -hmm. be truth tellers. Absolutely. In that. uh, But to, uh, you know, not use the tongue for negativity because of how it just explodes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what the passage here in, in James 3 is saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing about this passage in James is he's speaking, it seems like he's speaking to believers. Absolutely. And he, like that verse, uh, I think it's verse 9, he says, with it, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's something to keep in mind that as much as we're called to promote what the Eighth Commandment is speaking about, of speaking the truth in love, of speaking true, bearing uh, true witness, um, that we are going to stumble in this. And no matter how much there might be growth in God's grace and growth in the Spirit, I think it's interesting, he says, no man can tame the tongue. And so this is an opportunity hearing god's word to repent mm-hmm. and to be convicted by this word and and you, instead of like sweeping under the rug feeling the the wrongness of it like he says my brothers these things ought not to be and that should convict and that does convict us
2: yeah it's a call to repentance and again this yeah. is one of the opportunities we have to recognize how the law functions in our lives, but also the purpose of God giving us the law is not to Mm -hmm. say, hey, sinner, stop gossiping. Yeah, right. Which we are to say, hey, sinner, stop gossiping in a gentle and loving way. But to say, hey, I'm the sinner who's gossiping. Mm -hmm. I repent. And again, when you point out that no one can tame the tongue, this Mm -hmm. ought not to be, this isn't an excuse to say, well, no one can tame the tongue. So I give up. You know, I'm just going to you know, swear like a sailor or whatever the, <laughs> the case might be It's saying is don't put unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. on yourself to, to drive you to despair is yeah. that you're going to fail in doing this. You try to do this. Absolutely. Improve. Train right. yourself. But yep. when you fail, repent. Because mm-hmm. every time we repent, there is forgiveness. There mm-hmm. is salvation. It's God's guarantee because what Jesus has done for us on the cross is already completed.
1: Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, that, and that's that's good news for us as believers as we kind of muddle our way through this life and in our vocations and callings and and seeking to walk in God's law and obedience. And yet we constantly see our need for grace, our need for forgiveness, our need for um, him to strengthen us in that.
2: Um, I think there's a wonderful gospel image at the close of our passage. mm mm-hmm that we miss because it's a negative image. Yeah. And, What's that? Uh, Verses 11-12, Does the spring forth for pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Can a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pool yield fresh water. Mm-hmm. If we're following the, the logical progression of James, what we're to see... Is we're all the negative images. We're mm-hmm. not, you know. We are who we are as sinners. We're mm-hmm. we're we're gonna curse. We're gonna lie. We're gonna slander. We're gonna gossip, and, and this is who we are. And yet, the wonderful truth of the gospel implied under this is: behold, he who is in Christ is a new creation. Mm-hmm. The old is gone. The new has come. Yeah, because we can't do this, but mm-hmm. this is what God has done for us in the gospel and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and cleansing us with the blood of Christ is that we aren't. Yeah, that horrible, corrupt thing now in God's sight, and we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ. That's the yeah. promise of the gospel. And so we're not, even by by the scripture that accuses us of being miserable sinners, we're not permitted by that same scriptures to be fatalists or defeatists mm-hmm. because we've been transformed by the gospel.
0: Amen. I'd like to read Colossians uh, from chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, to close us out. It says this, Put on then as God's chosen, holy, and beloved Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com We are also on iTunes, so please invite a friend to check us out there. Join us next week as we conclude our discussion on the Eighth Commandment as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself talk about what the Eighth Commandment promotes. God bless you and have a great week.